what it means to be alive in Christ. Next, on Times of Refreshing, join us. Be alive in Christ. It is something the Apostle Paul speaks about here in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. That's where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing from the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Won't you join us as we are encouraged to understand what it means to truly be alive, not just alive, but alive in Christ. Again, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Here's our teacher and pastor now, Napoleon Kaufman, with today's broadcast. I want to just take some time and teach on something that, slow it down and teach on something that's important for us as we approach the end of this age. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 11 on down to 22. The title of my message is, I am alive in Christ. I'm alive in Christ. You know, there's three kinds of people in the, in the world according to the Bible. We have the Jews, who God clearly has identified as a, as a, as a people group through the Scripture. We have the Gentiles. And that would be... All of us, before we were born again, we were considered Gentiles. And then number three, we have the church. So we have the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church. And the church is composed of both Jew and Gentile. And you're going to see this. And so when you're looking at human beings as they're walking upon the face of the earth, you're going to see Gentiles, you're going to see Jews, but then you're also going to see the church, which is the bride of Christ. And make no mistake about it, Jesus is preparing his church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon this rock, I will build my church. He's saying, I got something else that I formed, that I'm building, and that I'm processing, I'm preparing. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He doesn't say the gates of hell will not prevail against the United States of America. He didn't say that the gates of hell would not prevail against, you know, Japan or any other country upon the face of the earth. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Make no mistake about it. The devil is going to and has been doing it for 2,000 years. He's been attacking the church. He's trying to stop the church. He's trying to stop the church because of whose the church is. We have to keep that in mind. And so the Apostle Paul, who was a Jew, he began to write about this. He says in verse 11, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. 
But now in Christ Jesus. Somebody say in Christ Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood, he says, of Christ. When God separated Israel, he separates Abraham. He began through Abraham to raise up a people that he would give covenants, he would give laws, he would give them instructions. He would give the schoolmaster to teach us about righteousness, about holiness, about God, about the living God, the creator of, of heaven and earth. He separated them for the purpose of giving understanding, not only just to them, but also eventually to, to the whole world. And he gave them covenants. He gave them promises. And all these things were a part of the commonwealth of Israel. It made them different. It separated them from the other nations. They had God in their midst. But not only did they have God in their midst, they had his principles and laws and ways and those things that were necessary to ultimately teach humanity about the true God and about, most importantly, his ways, his ways of doing things. It wasn't because Abraham was a special person. It wasn't because the Jews were special people. It was because God had purpose and that through them, he was going to bring something forth that would change the world. And so these individuals, the Jewish nation, they had all these things that were that separated them from the rest of the world. And but it wasn't that God didn't want the rest of the world. And I want to make this perfectly clear that he didn't. But there was a process to obtaining. And they were used to bring forth this particular process. And so this is what the Apostle Paul is saying in verse 12. He says, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off, the Gentiles, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Jesus Christ came as a Jewish man. And he lived upon the face of the earth. He walked upon the face of the earth. And he began to bring clarity concerning what the laws and the covenants were all about. And everything ultimately pointed to him, pointed to Jesus Christ, who was going to, and you're going to see this here, break down the middle wall of separation and then invite everyone to be a part of that which God truly desired. And that was for everyone to have an opportunity to be saved through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have to see here that Jesus, when he came, there were things that the Jews were doing that were, that, were, that were more than God had demanded through his laws and covenants. There were ways in which they were living that caused them to be more puffed up 
And instead of taking the, the, the covenants and the laws and seeing them as a, for, as, a, as a way to humble themselves, they begin to get lifted up. Jesus walks on the scene and he looks at the Pharisees and he looks at the Sadducees and he looks at in the, these individuals. And they've got their phylacteries and they've got all the, the, the garments and they're, they're doing all these things. And he looks at them and he begins to help them to see that they're being hypocrites. That they're not applying to their personal lives, that which God has established. And not only that, they're adding on to what God had established. So they've created their own thing. Jesus, he, he shined the light on that. And the light and, and the darkness didn't like it. And the darkness had a problem with it. But he kept shining his light. Because he knew that ultimately what he was going to do was not only deal with a a religious system, it was going to deal with a political system, it was also going to deal with the selfishness that's ingrained in humanity. Jesus died, he was buried, he rose from the grave, and he became the point of entry back into a living, breathing relationship with Almighty God. And so the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, who was Jewish, and he understood the dynamics of Gentiles and Jews, he begins to sit here and he says, listen, Gentiles, you guys are wrong. And then he says, Jews, you guys are wrong. And there's only one way to be right, and that's through Jesus Christ. And he says this here. He says in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ through his sacrifice. For he himself is our peace. Jesus doesn't just give you peace. He is your peace. He's the only way that you have peace with God the Father is through accepting him. Repenting of your sins, accepting him, and allowing him to be the Lord and source of your life. He says, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one. He says, had made both one. Listen to the Bible here. He says, have made both one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation. So you want to know God the Father, you're going to have to find him through Jesus Christ. You want to know the depths of his person? You want the Holy Spirit to be active in your life? You want to experience redemption? You want to experience salvation? You want to experience the depths of his love for you and compassion and understand it even more clearly? It's found in and through your relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to have all of your sins forgiven? You want a new slate in life and a new path in life? It's found in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. What matters is the blood-stained banner. The blood that was shed on Calvary gives us access to this living, breathing relationship. And he says here that through Christ, the middle wall of separation has been broken. God's not looking at your nationality anymore. He's looking to see if he can see some blood. He's looking for the blood of Jesus in your life. And I think this is important because 
as we're going forth, one of the major problems that we have as human beings and sometimes in the church is we have an identity crisis. We've got this thing in Christianity confused. Christianity is not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's not a, champ, a, a, a Chinese thing. It's not a Japanese thing. It's not none of that. It's not a Jewish thing. It's a Christ thing. It's about Jesus Christ. And have I found my life in Jesus Christ? And yes, I appreciate my heritage according to the flesh. And I thank God for all that. But it never should trump who you are in God. Can I have an amen? It never should take the precedence in your life before who you are in God. I am a child of God first and foremost. I came from God through my parents. This is just necessary so you can see who I am according to the natural. But you best believe that my spirit and soul, there's something different there. And all of us have to embrace that. That man, my identity first and foremost is in Christ. I'm a Jesus man. I'm not just a black man. I'm not just a white man. I'm not just a Filipino person. I am a Jesus person. That I found my life in Jesus Christ. And that comes first in everything. And for all of us, we have to embrace this. Because you'll never, we'll truly never find out who God is. And we'll truly never embrace who we are. Until we find out who God is. Your identity is in Him. Your identity comes from Him. And the Apostle Paul is driving home this point, And he's letting us all know here. That for He Himself is our peace. Who has made both one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation. Watch what he says here. Having abolished in His flesh the enmity. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. So as to create, somebody say create. So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Whether you realize it or not, you are a new creation. And you are part of this life-giving organism called the church that God has formed and fashioned. Your life is found in Jesus Christ. And and for all of us, he's broken down the middle wall of separation. We see that very clearly. And he says he's created in himself something new, another person, a new kind of person, a God person. You have the nature of Jesus Christ in you. You have his spirit upon you you have you have the angels that that are walking beside you to help you through life you are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ you have God almighty that's constantly his eyes are upon you and you're walking upon the face of the earth and you're different than just being a certain color you're different than just having a certain social economic situation and condition. You're different. You're a God person. And that has to be something that we fully embrace. For some people, that's foreign. Instead of really embracing that, that I'm a man of God. I'm not just a normal human being. The Holy Spirit 
lives in me. (laughs) Don't get me started, man. That Jesus Christ, that he talks with you. That you are never alone. That, listen, saints, you have been bought with a price. You have been purchased. The devil doesn't own you anymore. I don't care what color you are. The devil don't own you anymore. The world doesn't own you anymore. Your flesh shouldn't rule you anymore. Why? Because I have been born again. I'm, I'm a part of this new creation that God has established. And when I gave my life to Christ, I got transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. And for everybody in this room, the, the heart should be, man, if I'm not saved, I want to be saved. I want to be a part of the family. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to know who God is. If you're in this room and you're backslidden, you got to get yourself together. Because now is the time to make a decision to say, God, I want you in my life. And I want to be a part of the family of God. And I don't want to be playing around, messing around, trying to have the world in my life. And then still going to church. I want Jesus. Can I have an amen? I want to know. This is what God is looking for. He says the laws and, the, and everything he says was fulfilled in Christ. And then in him, he has created in himself one new man from the two making peace. Look at verse 16. And that he might reconcile them both. Somebody say both. He's saying Jews and Gentiles to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting the death to death the enmity. And this is important too. This division between the Jews and the Gentiles that created separation. God now has broken down the separation and created unity in Christ. Thus to create one new man in him. Peter is sitting there and he has a dream. A vision. And there's this great sheep. And in it were all kinds of unclean animals. God tells him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, no, I've never touched anything unclean. And God tells him, that which I have cleansed, cleansed do not call it common. Well, he, was, he was letting him understand, and he got the revelation that, that God's not against people, and there's no separation anymore. Go get them. Go touch them. Go, go, go hang out with them. They're, this is what I'm doing now. The message that you heard from Jesus as you walked with him on the face of the earth for three and a half years and you enjoyed the prosperity of his message as he spoke the gospel and preached to people. Ministered. Now take that, minute, that message and share it with people that you might not normally hang out with. You know those Gentile people that you said was unclean? And that years ago I said, stop, don't, don't do that. Now I'm saying, no, you go hang out with them. And you share this message with them. He catches the revelation. He goes to Cornelius' house. And then revival breaks out in the man's house. And so what does God do? What is God trying to, he's trying to paint the picture. Stop looking at people's exterior. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? And stop looking at what kind of class they have. That guy's too dirty to be hanging out with me. She don't dress nice enough. 
I don't like her hair. Man, he too big. I don't like that family. And we got this, we get mixed up. And we start thinking that the gospel, like we're supposed to go out and try to find a bunch of people that look cute. No, I want some dirty ones. I want some dirty ones at the well. I want some ones that done messed everything up. I want something that the devil says you can't have. I said in the name of Jesus, God's going to give. Can I have an amen in here? Stop waiting for the best people to come around your block. Go find a drug dealer. Go find somebody and give them the gospel and say, God died for you. The Lord Jesus died for you just like he died for me. And I don't care how much money you got. You smell like alcohol. Come on in here. We're going to get you. Woo, my God, my God. Y'all know, one of my, you know one of my, my, one of my buddies. Somebody I love with all my heart, Pastor Nate Dupree. He is priest in this pulpit. When we led him to Christ, when Pastor Nate got saved in Reno, he came to a service where myself and Jerome were preaching. He came to the service drunk, and he left sober. Because the power of God hit that brother, and he never looked back. And now y'all see he preaching now, casting the devil out of people, and letting God use him to touch somebody's life. God has broken down the wall. And we got to get out of this thing where we're looking and thinking is, no, go find. It, stop letting people's exterior stop you from sharing your faith. Stop looking at them externally and say, well, I don't want to talk to them. You know, their hands are dirty. We got so good and saved that we done lost our minds. Jesus got down there and started touching people that nobody wanted to touch. He started reaching people that nobody wanted to reach. And the people are looking at him and he's talking to the tax collectors and the publicans and the sinners. And he's, he's looking at those people and he's sharing with them and loving on them and trying to help them get their lives together. And the Pharisees are sitting over there all smug and thinking that they got it together. And, well, he touched them. But we do this in the church. And we got to rebuke that demon and let, let the whole world know, I don't care what color you are. I don't care how much money you got in your bank. I don't care, but Jesus died for you and wants to save your life. Can I have an amen? There's no way we're going to be able to do this if we don't know who we really are. We got to know who we really are. And it's not just about this. It's about him that I've, I've found my life in him and the same way in which he impacted people. He's given me the grace to do the same thing. He says here in verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. There was separation between the Jews and the Gentiles because the Gentiles, they thought that, you know, hey, we can't, we can't. But Jesus comes and he breaks down that wall. And he says in verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you, who were afar off, the Gentiles, and to those who were near, the Jews. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So it's through him. 
that we both have access by the Holy Spirit to the Father. It has nothing to do with your bank account. It's through him. It has nothing to do with the color of our skin. It's through him. It does have nothing to do with your political party. It's through him. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It has everything to do with him and him giving us access by one spirit to the Father. Uh, We owe everything to Jesus. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.